welcome to episode 1167 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, April 24th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined as always by Justin Mason. Justin, good day, sir. Good morning. Hey, oh, wait, no. Good afternoon. I, I even set you up with a good yeah, day. Yeah, I know. Like, I just, I... And you got a great night's sleep. I know. You should have been I went to bed early. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Very early. How was your weekend? It was pretty good, man. Like, the weather out here is amazing right now. Like, we're oh, talking, must like... Be nice like mid to high 70s all week and you know sunny and uh yeah it's we got beautiful a bunch of rain and garbage nicer today but we got a lot of rain this weekend and so it's kind of garbage pretty like sure that. we're not getting any more rain for like the next millennia after Y'all's all the cut off got, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. uh we're we're get, we'll get there soon but we do we do have the traditional april showers bringing may flowers right now so that's fine texas can always use the rain Certain places, you know, it's boring when it's annoying when you're going through it, but it's like, well, it's better than a drought, better than a drought. But we got a lot to talk about today, so let's dive right in. We got some news and notes up top, then we'll get into the week five pickups in deep and shallow leagues with some of the key guys picked up across both the main event and the Rotowire Online Championship League, which is the 12 team uh, leagues that they have over there at the NFBC, and that'll cover a lot of the key guys picked up in the entire fantasy landscape. But let's start with Logan Allen debuting yesterday for the Guardians. Now, he was not available in NFBC leagues because if you debut on a Sunday, they don't get into the system until the day after. Thus, you know, not available for pickups on Sunday night. And I think it's going to be one of those that might be a a quick hitter. However, it puts Logan Allen, and not that Logan Allen, by the way, worth noting. (laughs) Logan T. Allen. Logan T. Allen, because they used to both be on Cleveland. At least they're not both on Cleveland anymore. But the former prospect, the one that people kind of might have known about, had a little bit of juice way back when. He's out in Colorado. We're leaving. This is a new Logan Allen. Very interesting prospect. Came up for a spot start. Six innings, one run on five hits and a walk. Eight punchies against the Marlins. Looking sharp. One of multiple guys who could have come up for them. Tanner Bybee. Uh, Gavin Williams were also, you know, guys that people are talking about right now. But Allen got the start. Again, I don't know if it's going to be a short-termer or not. Uh, they do have Gaddis, who got sent out. So maybe he's up just for Gaddis, and, and Allen is up for a bit. And then there's also um, Peyton Battenfield, who has pitched well, but maybe could get usurped. I don't know there. And Aaron Savali is still on the IL as well. So there are avenues here where Allen could stick. Did you get to see any of the start? Um, and it, whether you did or not, what do you think of Allen as far as his viability right now? Yeah, I haven't gotten to watch the start yet. Definitely going to sit down and watch it uh, before uh, tonight. So uh, super, super interested. I mean, this is a, you know, kind of top pitching prospect. It's, you know, from the Guardian system, which means like, you know, these guys come up with really, really good control and just, you know, work out the rest. I would, yeah, it's the Guardians, so I don't want to say, like, I would be surprised that it's him down because it is the Guardians, but they're going to be in a dogfight in this division, even though I don't know that any of the teams are really that good. Uh, you don't think Minnesota's pretty good? I mean, they're all right. I mean, they're, they're leading the division. I think they're just as good as Cleveland. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think any of them are particularly that good, but... Um, <laughs> including yeah. Cleveland. Okay, including, I yeah, including Cleveland. Cleveland was a cut above. I was like, no, no, no I think... No. And I, <laughs> Call me stupid because I am, but I I still think that the White Sox 
Me and Jason have the talent about, to yeah, stick me, around. Me and Jason but, talked about this yesterday. Like the White Sox should be like a kind we of. We just got to give up like, on those a holes. Like I don't but, know why they're so bad, but yeah, um, we thought it was Tony. Maybe we were wrong on Tony. I mean, we're not wrong that the game had passed literally by. What Jason that, said, "Jason's like, yeah, I got, I got to like apologize because he was blaming Larusa." Not, not his fault. I, I, I'll own that too. I haven't listened to all his episode clearly, but maybe it wasn't him after all. But anyway, um, yeah. I love when the White Sox or when the Car- Guardians bring somebody up, so I'm automatically interested. Are you picking Allen up in a ten teamer? We know that there's a dearth of pitching talent out there. Do you think he's good enough to go for in a ten teamer right now? I think so. I mean, I think he's legit. I agree. By the really way, really good. Um, uh, I wasn't in on the uh, Mason Miller, um, you know, train this week, and I wasn't yeah. in you know, before on the Taj Bradley one, though, I think I'm going to regret that one pretty hard. Um, I think I'm going to be in on the Logan Allen one, if he's still up come Sunday. So yeah. uh, I think that becomes the main question is how long do they let him stay in the rotation? I think his stuff is good enough. Like, why is Zach Plesak still on this team? Like, I mean, well, he should still be on the team. He's not particularly fantasy relevant, but he is a perfectly viable major league pitcher. Don't roll your eyes or sigh at me when I say that. That is not in dispute in the slightest. Where is he, by the way? Oh, there he is. I I skipped over him in the rotation. He is a perfectly cromulent MLB pitcher. I know he has a 650 (laughs) ERA right now. Perfectly cromulent. That's Perfectly cromulent. 438 Sierra, though. He is who he is. These last three years, right? He's never the guy from 2020 that some people, you know, thought, well, like, okay, that's the beginning of a breakout. No, that was a hot run. That's the, the standard thing that we say all the time. If it had happened in the middle of a season, we would have noticed it, right? Because he would have become a nice big streamer for a while. Mm-hmm. But it would be it would be a moment in time. Instead, it, it's yeah. isolated as a season, so it looks different. And it put this, like, undue expectation on Plesek. But he's a fine 4-5. So he and, belongs and on the actually, team. Yeah, like you said, like the underlying numbers are actually pretty decent. So Yeah, th- uh, so he, he's fine on the team. He and Quantrill are, are a nice like 4-5 combo. But then you got Bieber, Savale, Savale on the IL, Allen, Battenfield. Battenfield I really like, by the way. Um, McKenzie's still going to be out for another month. So he's not... How long is Savale out? Savali is a little bit more uh, TBD. Let me see what the latest note on him is. I, I, I picked did, him up in a league, but I, I may end up dropping him. I got him for like three bucks. I did a pitching pod on Thursday talking about pitching prospects. So I did a whole Cleveland segment talking about Bybee, um, Williams, and Allen. It is Bybee, by the way. Just want to put that out. Big PSA out there to our fantasy podcast brethren. It's Bybee, even though it looks exactly like Bibby. Um, let me see here. I got nothing since April 10th on Savali as far as news. I mean, it's usually, what, four to six weeks? So, I mean, he's probably With still, an oblique, yeah. Yeah, so, so probably it hasn't even been a Two month. to four weeks. I mean, yeah, so probably closer that's an to avenue. four. Yeah. That's another. And with Gaddis being sent out, that, mm-hmm. that secures Battenfield. Savali staying out, that secures Allen. I think Bieber, Plesak, Allen, Quantrill, Battenfield is the five right and, now. I, I mean, Allen is a pickup everywhere. Yeah, and I think Allen's one of those guys. Like, if he continues to pitch well... They'll then he can fi- push yeah, yeah or Battenfield. Yeah, and they'll, they'll figure it out. Like, right? Yep. I mean, they could always even just trade a starter 
me, you know, if they needed to, to like add to that offense or add to the bullpen if they wanted to. So I agree. Um, I agree. I also would be picking up Battenfield if he's still out there, by the way. 17.6% uh, call, 18% swinging strike rate is fantastic. It's only netted a 20% K rate at this point, but he's he's doing things. We're going to talk about him in the pickups a little bit more deeper, deeply. But uh, yeah, Logan Allen, go get him. Brian Bayo did the old... Uh, Abe Simpson in and out type of deal mm -hmm. up for last week, back out this week. Um, you know, the, the marathon game start, the Patriots day start was a disaster for him. Um, he was better in Milwaukee, but four and two thirds, three runs on five hits and two walks with three strikeouts, nothing too special there. Are you holding Bayo in 15 teamers and deeper or putting him back on the wire? No, I think I'm putting him back on the wire. I, th I think he, I, I, I just, it, it Unless you are in like just like I've got some teams that have just been untouched by injury, right? And like yeah. then maybe okay. you can make Brander. the argument. But the majority of teams are hurting right now. And like yeah. you just can't hold on to a guy like that and soak up a bench spot. Uh, especially if you're already doing that with one or two IL guys. So yeah, especially uh, somebody who's un uncertain like Bayo, right? Like yeah. he has upside, but he's not really showing it yet. You know, um, maybe I'm just justifying my own hold, but I think somebody like Bailey Ober, who's shown things mm -hmm. and has some idea, you know, things that we can believe in, that's an easier hold to me than somebody like. Oh, Bayo. absolutely. Well, especially because you look at like Minnesota and you go. Okay, there's no room kind of in the end for him right now for Ober, but like there's lots of avenues. As much as I love what Pablo Lopez is doing this year, like yep. he, you know, he's one pitch away from being out for a month or two. Uh, Molly's made, made a, been hurt. Yeah, Molly's been hurt. Maida has not looked good and has been hurt and is coming off of Tommy John. Like, there, he got hit by a batted ball mm -hmm. in, in the last game, too. It, it should be all right from it, but that's what happened to my Ada last start in case people yeah. didn't see. So, yeah, and th there's avenues there. And Gray. Gray's always great yeah, great pitches, yeah. but he's but, not Mr. Healthy himself. Yeah, those mechanics never line up for good health. So no. um, I, I think that Ober would be a much better stash if I'm stashing somebody. So, yeah, Bayo can be your cut when you go get Logan Allen. Um, let's talk about some call-ups. Nate Pearson coming up for Toronto. Is he coming up to relieve? Is yeah, my question. I, I would assume. I mean, yeah, because Adam Simber went on the IL. Mm -hmm. Is this is this finally where he's? Yeah, it's going to be available out of bull, Toronto's bullpen for the Monday series opener against the White Sox. Is this where he's finally going to live? Is is yeah. Nate Pearson a reliever for the rest of his career? I think so. I mean, you know, maybe he gets a, a chance at some point on a different team to be a starter, like uh, you know, like Matt Strom is is doing right now. Uh, yeah. But I think at least for the time being, uh, I would I would assume that Pearson is just going to be really he could be a really, really good reliever. So uh, like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that that avenue. But I think the you know, there were some really early, you know, prospect career comps to like Clayton Kershaw and things like that. And like just unfair. Like, I mean, the dude just like, you know, um, I, I think when if you're looking for a way out from the walks, I understand how you can get to Kershaw, mm -hmm. but you can't really put anybody on a Hall of Fame track like no. that. Like, you know, no. Kershaw I mean, opened his career with a 12% walk rate through 279 innings, and that's pretty egregious. But it was more that, about like people just seeing the upside of Pearson and going, like, yeah. hey, this guy's going to be a monster. And 
Like, I mean, he's still we, walking the yard, by the way. Pearson had a 14% walk rate in his eight and a third at AAA. So 46% K rate. So he's, he's flamethrowing, he's nasty, but he's still walking everybody. So he's a, he's a bullpenner. And right yeah. now he's not a closer because they don't have space. If he can be a multi-inning guy and, and we can see him be like a, a, you know, one plus to two, two, three innings at a time sometimes, that can maybe find some value in 15 teamers. But other than that, I think Pearson's AL only max right now. I right? mean, I, th- I think the like real path for him to have value is if something happened to Romano, because I do think he's got closer yeah. type stuff. Definitely. Definitely agree there, but uh, not too fantasy relevant right now. I just want to bring him up because he has a big name from the past. Make sure people don't go out and, and jump him for, for no reason. Uh, Brenton Doyle getting called up for Colorado. A moderate prospect, nothing uh, nothing off the charts as far as, as far as he goes, but is there any interest for you in a Brenton Doyle? Let me get you some numbers on what he's doing. I'm going to find them here on this page. <laughs> I mean, have you seen the strikeout rate all throughout the minor leagues? Like, you're talking about a guy who's... 30s all the way Yeah, up. like 30%. Like, this is not going to end well. Like, this is this know? is some Sam Hilliard stuff. Yeah. The power speed is there. It's worse than can... Sam Hilliard. I mean... It, I feel like, is it? I think so. I think Sam I think Hilliard had some... 20s in the minor leagues like he wasn't uh, i don't know 30 all all the way around so but your your point is well taken it's i mean sam hilliard by the way 33 percent in in his major league career he had some 20s in the minors but they yeah. were all high 20s it's it, the swing strike rates are the same they're all mid to upper teens for both of them i think that's what we're looking at here is a sam hilliard coors cannot fix your swing and miss I mean, the, so, the prospect report that we have that um, that Eric did has him as a twenty current hit, thirty future hit. Yeah, like that. Doyle could play. maybe get hot at home, but sure. I see no reason to pick him up right now. No, and, until that hot streak starts. Okay, so not not terribly relevant there. But then this one, this one came in the last second, right before we started. Might be temporary, but our first little taste, and it's going to make him available in NFBC, which is interesting, even if he isn't up by the time Sunday rolls around. Michael Bush getting the call for the Dodgers because they had a giant orgy at last year's All-Star break. (laughs) I'm not just trying to be lewd on purpose, y'all. They have four guys who have just been on or are currently on paternity leave, and it lines up. With last year's All Star break, yeah, we did the math. Folks. Yeah, we did the math. Yeah. Mookie Betts, Max Muncie, Bruce Dargrandall, Evan Phillips. I'm mm-hmm. just saying. I'm just saying. It's I'm a not pretty fun key party. With it. I mean, yeah, they had a little key party. You know, things got wild. It's fine. Oh, and Wade Beckett um, at Wade Beckett on Twitter in your thread points out Bellinger also just went on paternity. Former Dodger. He's part of the party. Yeah, yeah. And I'll say, you know, if they're friends, I think the wives would love this, right? I think, mm-hmm. I think wives love being pregnant together. So absolutely, you, know, you got, got a little crew to be pregnant with and bounce things off of. So maybe great. there well, was just like a birth control like delivery issue during that, month and, the, like and they just that. said, okay, well, or a pregnancy pact of some sort. So yeah. anyway, mm-hmm. um, it, this is looking just like it's going to be for Muncie for a little bit for Michael Bush. But I think both of us have been long term fans of Bush. Um, as a prospect here because he can hit he doesn't have much of a position um, and the lack of a shift certainly does hurt him because he was one of those second basemen who could be kind of hidden by the shift but I still like him and I'm eager to see what he can do in a little sample and like I said even if he's done by Sunday I might still want to pick him up in the NFBC and stash where I can what do you think of Michael Bush here Um, and do you think there's any long-term viability right now or is it just for Muncie yeah the hard part is 
he is not a good defender anywhere. Uh, anywhere. Um, nope. Like, well, and, and the only good place that he could be would be first, and that's blocked off by a little somebody called yeah. Um, so like I I think I mean here's the thing. Miguel Vargas has struggled. Now he's still walking a ton, and the underlying numbers saying he say he's gonna be fine. But the Dodgers are also a team that wants to compete. Uh, and if Michael Bush, like, let's say Michael Bush starts off the week hitting like 340, like, do they yep. just decide to send Miguel Vargas down instead? If he gets hit in like four straight games and a couple multi hit games, even though it's a small sample, we'll all understand that. I could see a world where Bush stays up and Vargas goes down mm -hmm. just to kind of get his groove going a little bit. I, I can Mike, totally see that. Yeah, Michael Bush can hit. Like he, like yeah. he, he can hit. He's got power. There's no speed. Uh, there's no defense. But he can also position. take walks. And he so can the also walks walk. that yeah. that Vargas is taking will not be lost with Bush mm -hmm. coming up. He's not some hacker. He's a double digit walker. So I'm intrigued by him. Um, he's he could be on my radar in a twelve or deeper for the short term, like for literally just this series right now. Mm -hmm. If you need a body. But then, like I said, I think the real interesting part is if it is just temporary, which I, I do believe it will be, look for him in NFBC on, on Sunday as a cheap pickup in a stash if you can if you can afford to hold him. Because I do think there's a summer role at some point for Michael Bush. If there's an infield injury, I think he's the call-up next, yeah. next time there is something severe. So Michael Bush, that's B-U-S-C-H for Michael Bush. All right. <clears throat> Pardon me. Let's get into the week five pickups. You mentioned the name Mason Miller earlier. We're going to start with deep league pickups. Then we'll get to the shallow. A lot of the guys in the deep were also picked up in the shallow. So that's why we start with the deeper guys. Mason Miller was the hot pickup of the week, of course. You said you were not in on it. What did you think of the debut first off? I mean, the debut's great. Like, you watch him on a per pitch basis and you, you you see why people are so like excited like he i mean dude throws a hundred he like wipes you out with a slider like he's just uh he's he one of those poised too i like yeah. his you know his demeanor was 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 good 80 grade first name um so I, uh i mean i really like him uh from that perspective but there's no downside. I, Continuing on, moving yeah. forward. No, I'm just <laughs> but like I knew he was going to go for a lot of money. Um, I was not willing to spend a lot of money on him, uh, and it's largely because I don't know that he's going to win any games this year. Um, but it, isn't there a world? Okay, so did you bid on him at all? I Mason did. I, but like, I mean, we're talking like you single digit bids. Single like, digits. Okay, like, you're insane. I I didn't spend there was nobody one might like i said like a lot of my fab teams especially are in really good spot with injuries right now okay so, um i didn't Enough really that i well I, I know that won't be the case forever and so i want to save right my now. yeah they are right now i want to save my money for when i think they're going to be really impact players coming up when i really need an impact player at for this sure. moment i don't um so i i wasn't spending very much money on anybody this week uh, but Miller was the top pitcher on my list. I just, you know, I just, you, you, just, know. you weren't, you weren't going crazy. Oh, a couple of 87s. Everything else was triple digits. Um, he, the he bulk went three thirty one in my main to a guy that has $120 left. That was the third highest Yeah. in the, in the, uh, main event. 
And then, oh, Synthbangers. I, I know this guy, Conroe Synthbangers, was paid the most, 390 against against a 176. The most efficient high-end bid was a 371 to a 337. So congrats to catchers in the rye there. If you're going to spend big, you at least want that big secondary to at least feel like, okay, I had to do that mm -hmm. to get them. It's always tough when you put the big outlay and you're – yeah, two and like, a half x the second guy. Yeah, like he went like it's a three thirty one in in my main, and I want to say the backup bid was like two sixteen or two eighteen. Two eighteen, so, you almost yeah. nailed it. Uh, so, so for me, one of the things I I and you didn't say this, so I, you you yeah, I want I wanted you to follow my script so I could counter. I had one point mm -hmm. to counter. <laughs> you didn't bring up the point, but one of the things I keep hearing that I I, I do I'm not strawmaning this. I've seen this on Twitter. I saw it discussed, and Jeff and um, Scott were discussing it, and there was some good conversation there about like, no, he's probably not going to make it the whole year. That is not the only reason to bid on somebody. I think sometimes we get too focused on whether or not they're going to make it the whole year. To me. I thought he was worth low to mid 100s for 85 to 100 innings potentially for Mason Miller. That I think has value, even with very few wins, but the Ks and the ratios to me, I think is worth a triple digit bid. I think I put 117, which he was, he did go for 117 or less in. Actually, no, I, I I was a little bit lower than that because I spent the big Bradley money. But that was about the max I, I would have gone. And he went for 117 or lower in six leagues, Mason Miller did. It, not everything has to be judged as to whether or not they're going to make it the whole year. Can you get value with what you spend from the guy? If he if he puts up 85 innings of mid-3 ZRA or you know, low-3 ZRA, one... 18 whip because i think the whip could be a little high there could be some walks yeah there, there could be but with a boatload of k's and three wins is that not worth 160 bucks i think it is um here i mean it's a the problem is like when it depends on kind of the context of your team and that's really hard to like give advice for right because sure. like we've got to we've got to do it generally so like in a vacuum yes if that 160 bucks hamstrings you from getting guys who are going to help you towards the end of the season, then that becomes a problem. I wouldn't have had a problem. But you don't necessarily know how the end of the season is going to play that, out, right? I, mm -hmm. I I agree there. Now, I will say that I I can't really get there on the 200 pluses because what is the, the highest end upside for Mason Miller? 100 innings with those same ratios or a little bit better than mm -hmm. what I said, a bunch of Ks and six wins is that 300 plus bucks yeah i, I mean i don't i don't out think of a thousand i, I don't i don't know that anybody is worth i mean th theoretically there are people who are worth 300 bucks right however the way it hamstrings you the rest of the way you know just puts you in a really really bad spot i think for anybody when you're spending 300 uh plus dollars this early in the season like yeah. I get it a little bit more if you've got if you've got six or seven hundred bucks at the beginning of July or something like that, and you go and somebody comes up and you go, oh, this guy could carry me. Then I, you know, okay, yeah, you you can spend half of your remaining fab at that point and blow three hundred bucks. I have a really hard time doing that this early. I think it just I think it just limits your options moving forward. Um, you know, because like the guy in my league, you got him. He's got one hundred and twenty one bucks, I think, left. Like he can't really have any bids higher than like maybe 10 bucks rest of the way 
Like he's got yeah, he's got twelve ten dollar pickups the rest of the way. Like that is going to leave you in a lot of jeopardy rest of the season. And I, I agree with that. Like that, that's the tough part on Mason Miller or or any bids like this. Because I agree, a lot of times these guys aren't necessarily going to be worth that much. You know, I think I've kind of set an upper one hundreds limit on anybody. We talked about how I won Bradley last week. It was one seventy seven. Even that's really high. I grant that. I had a light week this week, and it kind of worked out. I didn't have many cuts, but I also just for my own peace of mind, it felt good to be. Low because I'm like okay I balanced it right back out with an eight eight eighteen dollar week so I'm right back on on track like, with that. I didn't everything. spend I think the most amount of money I spent on individual players week was seven bucks, um, you know and like, I'm fine with that especially because like my argument against spending that kind of money on a guy like Mason Miller is next week we're gonna have Logan Allen and yep. maybe Brandon Fat and you know all these some of these other guys are gonna be coming up. And I think I would much rather, if I'm going to spend a huge chunk, I'm going to spend it on a guy that I think has the same talent level potentially as Mason Miller, but I feel a lot more comfortable about the team context they're on. Their upside innings they're going to get way, the rest of the way better. Yep, yeah. I, I, I like I like both their upsides. Mm-hmm. Just the two guys you said, Brandon Fott and Logan Miller. Even like Let a alone. Matthew Libertor, who I don't think has like like as much upside. Like I think the volume in if he general, brings that spring training stuff, if he brings yeah. that spring training stuff that we saw, he does. But I hear you generally speaking. But yeah, I mean the episode I did on Thursday with those pitchers, pretty much like all of those pitchers, at least as much as Mason Miller for a rest of year standpoint. Uh, but we have a million names, so we probably yeah. went a little bit too long there. That's my fault. Some um, of these names we're so, going to skip right over. Like, yeah, yeah. We'll be real quick. Including uh, this not, one. Oh, I disagree. Joey Lucchese. Yeah. I wanted Joey Lucchese. I'm actually a little bit bummed. I kind of jumped him to what I thought was was a, a pretty decent bid, and I lost out. Why, why do you think he's a skip in a 15-teamer? I mean, don't we know who Joey Lucchese is at, at this point? Like, I just... Yeah, and he's really freaking good. Go look at Joey Lucchese's numbers, his career numbers. He's been good on more than one occasion. He was, he was, his underlying numbers when he got hurt in 21 were really strong. It was 38 innings, but he was having a really good run. Um, he had the, the ugly one start in 2020. That's nothing. He was pretty useful in 18 and 19. I know that's a long time ago now. He's a 407 Sierra in 345 career innings with a 25% K rate in a ten, in a 15 teamer right now. That is gold on the waiver wire. Yeah. I wanted him, dude. I didn't. Even I wanted him, Casey. Like I know he carved up my Giants, but my Giants may be the worst team in baseball against left-handed pitching right now. They're they're among it, them. Like they're they're, they're really bad. Like it's tough um, uh, against lefties. So. Uh, and they didn't even have J.D. Davis, who had, like, the day off. It's been, like, their – J.D. Davis is their, their is, big guy Is there right one now. guy who like, can yeah. hit? Yeah. Like, um, so, like, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe I'm, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm selling them a little bit short. I do worry about, like, how, how many innings we're really going to see from Lucchese, considering uh, how little he's thrown over the last few years. Um, well, but then you talk about 30 years old. What, what are they going to baby him for? The, yeah, if he breaks down, sure. if Lucchese breaks down, he breaks down. But I don't think they're going to baby him. And I don't think that Tyler McGill keeps him out of the rotation if no, he continues no, to pitch well no. at all. I can't so, believe he's 30 years old. Wow. Yeah. 
I mean, and again, he's had some issues already, right? Like he hasn't, he mm -hmm. didn't pitch all last year. It was only 38 innings the year before, six innings the year before that for Luke Casey. So I get your point there, but what are the Mets going to do? Like curate his innings? No, he goes full bore until he can't go anymore. And I think it can be JV when it's fully healthy, JV, Max, Sanga, Lucchese, and then Peterson or McGill. Yeah. And then they Carrasco could, they could even back. move. They could even Peterson. move to a six man. Like, I yeah. Mean, and it wouldn't they, they can also do that. And um, when Carrasco comes back, so I, I think he can keep a job. I didn't go crazy. I, mean, I didn't go triple digits or anything, but I, I thought I was upping it pretty nicely when I put 48 and I lost out 67, 48. So I like Lucchese. I think he's even got some 12 team viability depending on where your team is. Um, it's one of those, you know, probably belongs on a team, maybe not your team for Lucchese, yeah. but I like him. Keep, keep tabs on him. Uh, let's talk JP Sears coming off a big start for Oakland. We know the win issues, right? That's, that's a guarantee that wins are going to be very difficult to come by. Are you moved at all by the 12 strikeouts at Texas by JP Sears? I like JP Sears a lot. Like from a straight skills perspective, the command has been an issue though. Um, yes. But, More and, control but, than command for sure. Yeah. But I mean, he was supposed to be a good command guy. And so like, I feel like he's going to find that at some point. Um, the problem is again, it's Oakland. Like, you know, like, like we said, uh, but I, I think there's no reason for them not to let him just go. And I think there's going to be usable starts, especially at home, you know, mm -hmm. in that, in that big ballpark. So uh, he's kind of a team streamer right now, but I think yep. he probably should be rostered in most leagues. Most I, I totally agree. Leagues. 15 teams, some 12s, maybe if you're, if you're the, if you're the team that's it's hard in 12. Yeah. I, I think only if you're the team that's getting blasted there, it would have to be pretty, pretty low. You, you'd have uh, to have some really streak. good. Yeah. You'd have to get some really good starts coming up. Like, yeah, though. he's a, JP Sears is a standard streamer in 12s, but he's yeah. a team streamer in 15s. I do agree with that. He's got uh, a trip to the Angels coming up this week. Where you, where you stand on that? Because yes, they have the two big dogs and it's even at, some other good guys. Not at, not at Los Angeles. I think if think it was at home, I think I'd be willing to take the gamble. Oh, you're um, okay. I thought I thought you were saying it's not at Los Angeles. I was like, yes, it is. You're saying uh, you will not start yeah, him at if, Los Angeles. Yeah, if Sears was pitching versus Los Angeles versus the Angels at home, I think I'd be inclined to maybe roll with that, depending on what my other options are. But it's, I think it's fair. Yeah, short porch and 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 right and everything. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's dicey. It's a coin flip type of thing for me right now. Um, but I do like him. He's somebody who's on my radar. Unlike this guy who I've fallen for for years. Not this time, Satan. <laughs> Vince Velasquez coming off a big start. Hey man, I said this to you before we started recording. I want Pittsburgh to keep cooking. I I hope they do. I love this. It's a great story. Um, nope, I've been here, done this a billion times now. This is three straight quality starts for Vince Velasquez. It's not just the gem against Cincinnati, 10 strikeouts, seven shutout innings. Six and three with seven Ks at Colorado, six scoreless at St. Louis. So three gems, two duds. Are you back in on the VV train? No, I'm not back in. Like he's okay. still he's still I walking. Tried to set like, it up all cool, yeah. and you slam me down. Yeah, he's still walking like over 10% of the batters that yeah. he faces. Um, I mean, that home park does help. I think if there was a little bit more of a pitch mix tweak, something I could, different, I could get on board. Like if he if he dropped his fastball usage down to like under thirty percent, because his fastball still just gets fucking worked. Like um, yeah. so, like uh, no, Velasquez is still who he is. Like this is fun, but no, it's it's not going to be. You it's know, not going to be fun for very long. 
You know what I, you know what this is? I got the, I got the perfect comp. This is the pitching version of Patrick Wisdom, wherein they're simply on a heater of their best selves. Nothing has tangibly changed. Yep. Put Patrick Wisdom on your team right now. Ride this heater. You will be cutting him at some point in the summer. Lock it in. Yeah. Neither of them have changed. Like, you might use Velasquez for his next start. He's at Washington. Yeah. Like, fine. Yeah. Like, if but, you picked yeah. him up this weekend, okay. But he will not last on your team. I, I, I will be floored. I will eat one of my many, many hats. I'm pretty hey, sure guys, his, his next start after that's like at Tampa. Like, I'm not. Only studs against Tampa right now. I'm talking yeah. cream of the crop, and that mm -hmm. is it. I like Lucas Giolito. He's our guy. You know, I'm, I'm in on him. I start him in a lot of spots. I'm benching him this week. Mm -hmm. For Colin Ray, for God's sakes, we'll talk about him in a moment. Peyton Battenfield, we discussed, um, and we, we've discussed a bit recently, mm -hmm. but he had another solid start. Uh, he's in the rotation right now with Gaddis being ousted. He gets Colorado, and then um, it looks like they're kind of running a six-man. At least that's what the probable says right now because we have Xavion Curry pitching Wednesday. I don't know if that's how the, if that's exactly playing out. So he doesn't get a two-step, but he gets Colorado at home this week. I think Battenfield is pick up a bull, uh, streamable is a better way to say that, in as shallow as 10s if you need a streamer against yeah. Colorado in mm -hmm. Cleveland. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. Okay, you know, I don't think he's gonna, gonna, he's, gonna have a, he's gonna have a risky two start next week with he's at the Yankees. So yes, I don't know what the second one is, but I saw that at Yankees mm -hmm. as well. And but I, I tell you what, if he has another good outing here where everything's looking good with the swing strike rate and all that, I'm not so sure that I wouldn't be in on it. Depending on what the second start is, it's Minnesota at home. And we'll have our standard two start episode mm -hmm. next week. Uh, we we didn't get to do that this time. Yeah, I don't know that I, I that at Yankees is too scary. That's tough. I think, for me. That's tough. Um, I'll I'll give a full answer on Friday, but right now I'm probably leaning no. But this week for sure, Colorado, yes. Mm -hmm. Colin Ray, I mentioned I pick picked him up. Um, uh, you know, just going for a cheap guy for a week because he has a two step that includes Detroit. There's been some good results. The core skills certainly aren't there, but Detroit and LA, uh, the Angels, both at home for Colin Ray. He's one of these guys that went overseas, kind of altered his pitch mix. He's back looking sharp as far as, again, the results. 6% swinging strike rate is heinous. Like, that's so bad. But 19% K, 7% walk. You're doing anything with Colin Ray with the Detroit start. Yeah, I mean, with the Detroit start, I'm, I'm rolling him out. I picked him up in a couple leagues for, for real cheap. Um, We're Thelma and Louising this shit as mm -hmm. we drive off the cliff with Colin Ray. Yeah, I mean, he's he's just letting the defense bail him out. Yeah. Um, he's, he's letting people put it in play, trying to get ground balls, trying to get weak contact. Um, I don't think it's going to work for super long, but like I'm – I'm okay, like streaming him right now, and then yeah. he'll probably at the waiver wire at, on Sunday for me. Probably next week, yeah. Like yeah. Um, he can be my Logan Allen cut if I go for mm -hmm. Logan Allen. But yeah, with Colin Ray, I'll go for it this week. Um, you know, if you can avoid the LA start and you can just go for the Detroit one, cool. But Justin and I had to take both with the with the weekly format that we picked him up in, and I'm fine with that. Ross Stripling gonna join the rotation for Wood. Wood went on the IL. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, they've been doing this interesting thing with different guys coming out of the bullpen. Manaya came out of the bullpen, then Descalfani. No, Descalfani hasn't come out of the bullpen yet, but really just Manaya and Stripling had been switching around. But now Stripling's back in the rotation. Are you buying back in on Strip? Yeah, I don't mind it right now. San Diego hasn't been pit or hitting like super well. Um, it is, 
in San Diego, it's a pretty good place to pitch. So, uh. Strip got blasted by KC of all teams. One and one and two thirds, couple homers, four runs. Wasn't great at New York and his got to have either. a better option, right? Like it's hard. I would like, hope. I, I would hope, but you know that a lot of teams don't within fifteen teamers because yeah. of the way things have been. Waiver wires are ravaged. I think I'd rather start a good reliever. To be honest, like maybe like okay. you know, like a well, you and I were talking, like I was doing some DCs and I was like, Oh, Brandon Hughes, maybe. Um, you know, like I picked up Juris Familia, hoping to maybe sneak yeah. a save. Uh like I think I'd rather start those kind of guys. Like Okay. I think I think that's fair. I mean, he Stripling's doing some good things, i.e. the eleven percent swing strike rate's pretty solid. He's not walking guys. But you mentioned this with um, uh, who did you mention with the command versus control earlier? Sears. Um, Sears. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's what's happening with Stripling with all the homers. So he's not walking anybody, but he's leaving the ball in the zone pretty mm-hmm. fat. He's never been overpowering. So he needs to tighten up a bit more. But we've seen Ross Stripling be good. If you have to start him this week, I get it. But I I tend to lean toward Justin saying that if you have a reliever, I'd probably do that instead, unless maybe you're chasing some volume. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one I would start, though. Dean Kramer. I'm a bit intrigued here because the Velo's way up. It's a two-step with Boston. Excuse me. He's on Baltimore. Boston at home in Baltimore, and then a trip to Detroit. Um, And obviously anything with Detroit on it really, really helps a Mm two-step. And then Boston, at least it's at home and not in Fenway. It's only a 17% K rate, which isn't very good, but the Velo's up damn near two miles an hour, and he did look quite a bit better uh, at Washington last time out, getting six punchies. Now it's Washington, but it was still six and two-thirds scoreless, no walks, six strikeouts. What do you think of Dean Kramer in this two-step this week? (sighs) Um, I'm I'm rolling with him. Yeah, I'm rolling with him in a DC where I don't have a ton of options, but he's he's uh i think nick calls it a cherry bomb yeah um, kind of guy where like you could it could be really sweet or it could be really really ugly uh and i mean the matchup doesn't always matter either the, yeah that, i think that is the essence of a cherry bomb that you can't even you can't time it that well either because it can happen he can he can do, dean kramer can dominate a good team when he's on and the tigers could rip him if he's off type of deal and, and those t- I, those type of guys are really tough the hard part is, I mean, I guess Detroit's still a pretty good place to pitch. Yeah. Like if he was at yeah. home for both, like I'd feel a little bit more comfortable about it. But like, it's it's the one today. Like, if if he gets past today, like I'm gonna feel a lot better about it. Um, yeah, Detroit uh, on the moon would be fine, dude. Come on, <laughs> this is true. <laughs> it would not matter in the slightest. Um, I added a guy just now, so it, you might have an outdated list there. Because I want to talk about your boy, Jose Suarez. And I don't bring this mm-hmm. up to, like, blast you. Uh, in fact, more, the, quite the opposite, to say that um, I'm unchanged, for the most yeah. part, on my opinions of Jose Suarez, to the point where I was trying to pick him up, and I was kind of bummed that I didn't get him. Um, he went a bit higher than, than I thought he was going to go, so I, I lost out there. He went for 77, which I don't think that's crazy, because, again, this was a guy I was drafting, right? I was in on him. Uh, he was a breakout pick. I know you and Jeff both promoted him a good bit, and I, I co-sign on that. Um, and he's getting cut, and he's looked nasty. This is the essence of a true by low. Eight and mm-hmm. two th- 11 and two-thirds of just crap right now. Three bad starts, but the velo is where it's supposed to be. Um, I, I don't see anything here that says he's cooked. I see 
a few bad starts from a guy that I was drafting a month ago. Why would I totally be out? And honestly, the last the last start at New York really wasn't that bad. It was shortened. Because, it was just uh, six walks. Well, it was it was the six yeah. walks. It was bad. I, I, let me let me backtrack on that. It was only two runs in three and a third. He could have been worse, but the six walks. He doesn't have his command right now, Jose Suarez. Hundred percent. It, it's not good, but it's an Oakland two step. I'm still in here, and I'm I am kind of going off of my original long term read from March, and I I trust based on everything that you're saying here that you you feel the same. You're not out on your yeah. boy Suarez. I mean, he, and here's the thing: like he's got a two step that starts with Oakland. If you can't use him there, you're never going to use him. Like it's just um, so like I feel like I've got to roll him out there this week. And I feel like he's kind of in a precarious situation with the Angels in general. Phil Nevin's already taken like questions about whether or not he's staying in the rotation. So. But he committed to him, right? Yeah, he did. So that but there if is, he gets there is blown that. up, if he gets blown up versus Oakland, like I mean, then it's he has to be he he needs to be removed from the team. <laughs> yeah, I mean he he, he might, walks home. Yeah, he he might get traded to like the KBO or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. So this is a big litmus test though, right? If he can't, if Jose Suarez can't take some steps forward with a home start against Oakland and a trip to Milwaukee, which isn't easy, but this is a big two step. No, no. Milwaukee is atrocious versus left-handed pitching. So like, okay. So then this is is like, this is truly a the easiest of two steps. If he is bad, he will be dropped from all like 17 of the teams I have him on. Yeah, and I don't blame you, but I was after him this week in the leagues that he was available. And I think if you, you listen to this before roster lock and you can get him, I'm taking a shot here. It is a gamble, but if you liked him and you were drafting him a month ago, I don't think enough has changed to where I'm out on that, despite Absolutely. the ugly results. All right, uh, let's move over to the relievers then. Bruce Dargraderall uh, was a big-time pickup, and then he immediately hits the paternity list, so that's <laughs> tough for anybody that was that was hard after him. But what do you think of that closer situation in uh, L.A. right now? Phillips himself was just getting off of paternity, li- uh, of paternity. so do you think it's a split job? What's the split if you think so? Where are you at on the Dodgers closers? I mean, I think it's a split job until they trade for Aroldis Chapman um, or whoever they're going to trade for. That's, so That's exactly who they're going to trade for. He's yeah. so back, by the way. He's yeah. so back. I'm so regretting uh, dropping him in my main like, uh, um, at the beginning of the season. Oh, was he like your first cut? He was my first cut for Will Smith when Will Smith got that first save. Oh well, I, I don't mind. I don't mind Will Smith, so I, I don't yeah. hate that. But and Will yeah. Smith just got another save, so maybe he's yeah. going to start working his way towards you know taking oh, no. that role. Evan Phillips went from the paternity to the bereavement. I, I'm not Ooh, trying to be God. funny. I hope it's not related. I hope so too. Um, that's ooh, that's that's sad or scary. Um, that's yeah, like that's crazy. I it, hopefully. I'm, I don't want to say hopefully, but it'd be better of the two options if it's just a death of, you know, a 99-year-old grandfather or something. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm not trying to bring the mood down, but I just saw that, that he got transferred. So um, that means that, you know, uh, Kenley Jansen is going to be closing for them. He's going to come back. Just do yeah, he, I mean, he could. Be, I mean, at, at this point, like. Vessia, if it's left, Shelby Miller, Shelby <laughs> Miller, baby, Shelbyus T. Miller, my man, I love this guy. Um, uh, I really don't know. I think they would just play matchups. Vessia, if it's left, yeah. Bickford, maybe depending. I mean, who no, knows? I don't like but anyway, w- what do you think of Gratterall? Is he somebody you were interested in if you're specking for saves? Not really. 
Like, I, I just think it's good. I think this is going to change hands a bunch of times. I think once Phillips is back, he'll probably be getting like 60 He's the percent A. of it. I agree. Uh, and I think Gratterall will factor in there a little bit. But ultimately, I think this job just is a hot potato until they trade for somebody. I just assume they are going to trade for somebody. Unless Phillips just really ascends and pitches basically like he did last year, where he's like untouchable mm-hmm. and takes it, I agree with you. But even the then, like, name, he, like even then, I think they want Phillips in like that high leverage kind of role. They, they might want to, and then if you yeah. can get a Chapman, if you if they get a capital C closer, Phillips will lose. Yeah, the game. I agree yeah. with that. I agree with that. Um, all right, sticking with relievers here, Jeremiah Estrada, congressman or reliever? No, it's a reliever. <laughs> it's for the Cubs. Um, young guy. You know, throws lights out right now. That's a wide open situation. I guess people are specking on him. Did mm-hmm. he get a save on the weekend? I don't no, think so. No. But he just is, he, you know, decent thrower. What, what do you think of Jeremiah Estrada? I, I got to be honest, I don't know a ton about him. I mean, he's, I mean, he is a flamethrower that could close if Chicago wanted him to. I don't think Chicago wants him to, though. Like, I, yeah. I mean, I, and standard walk issues of a, of a young, reliever. yeah. So, like, I, I mean, I think he is a guy that you pick up just because if, I mean, right now it looks like neither Boxberger or Fulmer can do the job. And yeah. uh, like Brandon Hughes was one of the popular names uh, coming into draft season, uh, but he's the only lefty in that pen. Um, yes. And so and like that becomes a, a real issue. Albert, Al, uh, Albert Alzale would be Love really, him. really interesting um, as a guy. And I don't think people realize that he's 28 years old. So like, yeah, but, like, but they might like him in that multi. Like, he is yeah. a true multi-inning guy because he isn't that far off of starting that I think they they see they can get an inning plus out of Adbert. And he's really got everything cooking right now. 32% K, 7% walk. So he's kind of perfect if the starter doesn't go very long and you need two innings. So I don't know that he's going to finagle his way in there, Adbert Alzale. So that's why yeah. I think... I, I still think it's Fulmer. Like I, just, I do I mean, too. And I'm holding unless my there's Fulmer an, shares. Unless there's an injury, like, yeah, I'm, I'm still rolling with Fulmer. Okay. Yeah, me too. I, I, I'm i not moving off of that, and I don't recommend anybody necessarily do so. Brian Abreu out in Houston. Presley, man, the, he is a tough roster. He really is. Even these last two years where I've been all in on Presley, and I've gotten good results. I can't complain about what I got the last two years from Presley. But he's a tough in-season roster in that he's on and off the IL, on and off the availability list even, right? Where he might not even get IL, but he's not available because he's nicked up. He gets you the results, but my God, is it a pain in the ass. This year, the results are a little rough, though, too. 540 ERA. 084 whip though which is fantastic and a 334 sierra says it's all going to be fine but it's been a bit dodgy and the strikeout rate is down to 25 percent so people are picking up brian abreu because montero's already picked up a bunch of spots mm-hmm. what do you think of the houston situation well, as i said presley i think Abreu Abreu got back-to-back saves too on the over the weekend so oh that's huge that's huge. sorry uh, i missed that yeah, so I don't get to watch Houston Pre- games, so I, I it's like a blank spot, even though I live in the fucking yeah. state. So I, I it was a blank stuff. spot for me too this morning when I was answering questions. I was like, oh no, I think Montero's next man up. Um, but yeah, like, wait, he got two saves. He got no, two I, saves this weekend. Like, oh, maybe it's- I also don't need saves, so that also makes it a blind spot yeah. for me that I'm not dialed in on every little save. But yeah, Abreu, 41% K rate. 18% swinging strike rate. Yes, he walks the yard 13%, mm-hmm. but if they don't give up any hits and he's 3.7 hit nine, that's pretty hot. So are you Abreu or Montero? I think I'm... Uh, I mean, 
no, I guess I got to go with Bree. He's the one who got the saves, right? Like, And then um, how confident are you currently in Presley right now? I'm not confident at all. I, I wonder if there's an IL sim coming. Like, I, yep, underst- I, so I understand too. why he didn't pitch on Saturday. Headphones out like a dumbass. I, I understand why he didn't pitch on Saturday through 22 um, pitches in the save on Friday. But why wasn't he available Sunday? Like I that, don't know. Like, that is a big warning sign to me that they went Hector Norris and then they went um, back, to uh, back to Abreu. So, uh, I mean, I guess it's Abreu for right now. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, Houston's going to win a lot of games, so we're going to have a lot of information before Fab runs again on, on Sunday. But, like, if you can pick up Abreu right now, like midweek, I, I think I would. I would, too. I would, too. Absolutely. All right, let's get into the deep league hitters that were picked up. Jaron Duran is back for Boston. Yay. I uh, <laughs> I can't I can't be bothered. I'm sorry. I, I, yeah. This was a guy I bought in on when he first came up, and then the second time he came up, and then the ninth time he came up. The 48th time up, nope. You got to show me something. But he does have two steals in seven games. He's hitting. He's on a heater right now with a 563 Babbitt. So people yeah, are He's striking interested. out 32% of the time right now. Like it's The like- only positive there. Is that there's a nine percent swinging strike rate, which is down from his thirteen percent career for Jaron Duran, and an eleven percent walk rate, which tells me that he's up there just taking a shit ton of pitches. Oh yeah, and he's waiting totally, for his, his pitch. His cold strike rate is twenty percent. There you go. So maybe that strikeout rate is a little bit inflated, and not like his normal because it is in line with his previous ones. But the makeup of the the strikeouts is a bit more encouraging, and obviously that Babbitt will come down. Now, if the strikeouts don't come down with the Babbitt then we have a problem. If he remains to be taking that many strikeouts, then it would be a problem. But anyway, I wasn't interested. Couldn't be bothered. I need more than seven games to care about Jaron Duran. You sound similar there. I mean, there are definitely some interesting things going on in the profile because a lot of what's going on right now is backed up by almost 20% walk rate in AAA. Uh, it is it was 11 games down there. He's only striking out about 21.5% of the time. Um, that's pretty good and he is he's just being very very selective right now uh you know his swing rate is down to 37 percent um which is just being he's just waiting on his pitch he is like saying i'm not swinging i'm not either like i mean especially if you've got a good enough eye and it looks like he's you know working with a decent enough eye right now to make that work like okay I think like we could be seeing something a little bit here. I think you should, in especially deeper formats, you should be picking him up and just waiting and seeing. Like a week from now, we could be talking about, oh, he's still striking out a thirty percent rate um, because the swing strike rates back up to fifteen. Yeah, he got aggressive again. Um, yeah. but right now this is working, and maybe if he continue continues to ha- uh, keep this approach, this could work. Okay, a little bit more love than I thought there for for Duran. I, I wasn't going for him. I didn't have a hitting cut anyway, um, so that was the main main thing there. But yeah, uh, I wasn't. And actually, I did have one, but it was very selective, and I was only going for a couple guys. And this is one of them, Jack Sawinski. Now, I, what I mentioned with Patrick Wisdom about how he he's probably just on his heater. That's probably the case for Sawinski is that he was just on his heater because he got a trip to Colorado and he got to face Cincinnati, but. He's a power guy. He stole two bases this week, so he's five homers, two steals, uh, 255, 383, 638. 
he, he is running hot, but he's taking a shit ton of walks, 18%. He's striking out 28%. That's his thing, though. Um, swinging strike rates at 12%, which is high, but not egregious. Any love for Sawinski in the deep leagues? Can can he can he avoid last year's fate where he hit the power, but he had a 202 average? Or is that where Sawinski's headed is down to the low 200s again? We have a little bit of breaking news. Uh-oh, um, what do we got? Aaron Rodgers traded to the Jets. Oh, about fucking time, dude. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but in honor of the NFL draft being this weekend, um, or, or later this week, since it's no longer just a weekend thing, yeah. um, we'll, we'll, we'll invoke uh, some Denny Green, who I think I've been invoking a lot recently for yeah. some reason. Well, because uh, it's very fitting at this time of year, though, when guys are like yeah. doing something mm-hmm. uh, with big numbers and we have to say, he is who we think he is. Like, I mean, Jack Swinski is Jack Swinski. He's going to strike out a ton. He's going to hit for power uh, when he's hot. Um, and Not he's bad. Prob- Not yeah. bad who he is, but he just, it, it, it's just know what you're getting. And he's going to platoon. Big power. Yeah. yeah. But, he, but I will say this. He did play all week last week. And he went 0 for 4 with a walk in, against the lefty. Okay. That walk is very important. <laughs> he got the start at least. How many left did they have this week? Let me see. Well, that's quick. because they're. I mean, they're decimated with injuries right now. Like, they got I mean, two. Yeah, that Connor that Joe is, is a full time player right now. Well, that's because he's killing it and because he's awesome. Yeah. They're not decimated. They have a couple injuries. They got Choi and O'Neill Cruz, and Reynolds is now on bereavement. Hopefully, they only okay had there. like ten players to begin with. They're down to eight. <laughs> they don't, they they can barely run a full team. They got Mitch Keller hitting. Ninth tonight, and Madison Bumgarner came in for Mad Bum going to come come back. There was an article in I think it was uh, the San Francisco Chronicle or SF Gate or something like that said that they should bring Madison. The Giants should bring Madison Bumgarner in as a DH. Oh my god! Oh god! Like how do you have a job? That's so stupid. That's not even a good. I mean, maybe it would be a good knock graphs article, but that's that's about it. It'd be a great knockgrass article. Yeah, that only be a that would only be a good knockgrass article, which was our basically our version of the Onion. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, continuing I miss, on then. Yeah, me too. Uh, Connor Joe was next on the list, by the way. He is obviously riding a crazy babbit, but Connor Joe's a good player. I think he's a quality, may I say, perfectly cromulent hitter. But he's a four thirty nine babbit. I I grant that that's sky high, but he doesn't strike out too much. He has great swinging strike rate. Capable 20% strikeout rate, 12% walk rate. Are you buying in on Connor Joe? He's been hot before and faded, and that was in Colorado. This is in Pittsburgh. Where are you at on Joe? I had him on some lists this week, you know, Me because too. he was a guy that I could get for really cheap, and he's outfield and first base eligible, which is always nice to have kind of extra coverage to a, a different outfield. position. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think he's fine. He's a guy you can ride with right now in a deeper league. Uh, I don't think he's anything special. I don't think he's going to be on your team come June, but uh, play with it for right now. Yep, fair enough. That's it. Connor Joe, ride him while you can right now. He'll probably cycle around the league. He's one of these guys that at the end of the year, say like three teams had him, and they all got nice little periods Mm -hmm. of of work from Connor Joe. Taylor Walls was a hot pickup because the numbers were there, and if you're doing like the last seven days or your last ten days, you see some big numbers from Taylor Walls. But the dude doesn't really play. And so that's why I actually took him off my list and decided to keep Massey over. Michael Massey was my guy who I could cut, but it was for a very narrow list. He also went had two hits and a steal. 
deal on Sunday, so he's like trying to save his job on my team. Um, but Taylor Walls, despite being a switch hitter, there's no no real room at the end for him because he's a middle infielder, and they have Brandon Lau, Wander Franco, and Isak Paredes. And I know third base is not part of the middle infield, but I group all three of those positions together. Um, and he can play all three of them, but they don't really allow him in. He got one start at each of the three positions this week, one against the lefty and two against the righties, but he started twice in six days or uh, thrice in six days. So he's a, a halftime player. I, I I took my bids out. I, I was like, okay, I missed the hotness already. What what are we doing with Taylor Walls? Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying, but I think the fact that he can be kind of a super utility guy, um, Paredes is struggling right now and could lose playing time, uh, you know, Wander Franco got banged up quite a bit last year. Brent Lau's always getting banged up uh, as well. So, like, he's a guy that I think in really deep leagues makes sense. I like what he's doing. Strikeout rates, uh, you know, he's uh, down to 16%. Um, he's making a ton of contact in the zone, 91%, not swing outside the zone. Uh, yeah. Becoming more aggressive swinging in when it's inside the zone. Like, yeah, I mean. This I is like... a line to take pride in for sure. <laughs> yeah. There is this. If there's any injury on the infield, Walls is he's, the guy. He's, he's the guy, yeah. And if you're paying 28 for him, which is what he went for in my league, that's not half bad. So, okay, you swayed me that maybe I should have stayed in, although my bid was 18, so I still would have lost. So I don't feel bad. He's one of those guys you put on your bench to cover if there is an injury because you yep. know he can cover three different infield positions. What I was worried about was overpaying based on the fact that he was hot this past week when Taylor Walls is best picked up as like a ho-hum. But 28 is not that much, so that's fine. I wouldn't that have spent did not overpay. Yeah, I, I, I didn't spent, either. I put yeah, 18. Yeah. I, I that was I had, what I had before I cut it. I think I had him for like 7 or 8, something like that. Like So, yeah, if you, if you got him on the cheap, and I'm sure plenty of people did, Taylor Walls went in 42 mains. He went as cheap as one, and there were six single-digit ones um a 10 11 2 13s 3 14s if you're any of those i think you're feeling great about getting Mm -hmm. him if you're the person that paid or the folks that pay i don't want to call any single person i'm gonna call a bunch of people (laughs) if you're the (laughs) folks that paid 50 plus yeah that's think you got caught up overpaying for the for the hot week Mm -hmm. and it was a half week at that um all right uh paven smith my boy he's back I love Pavin Smith, dude. I don't know why. I can't really explain it. But he had a nice week. He had a couple of homers. I've just liked him always. Um, he played four out of the last six games. Any interest in Pavin Smith with with his decent, uh, with his great plate profile and decent pop? Uh, yes, no and is a fair no. answer. By the way, no, as much I, as I love him. Like I get it. There's just no place for him once Walker's yeah, outfield healthy. Is, like yes. I mean, Alec Thomas is about ready to explode. So, like, if Alec Thomas is on your shelf, like, you know. Don't uh, say that, dude. I cut him, and I I, I agree with you, by the way. I yeah, just, like, everything lines up. Like, I, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to be writing up, like, a buy low, sell high, and he's going um, to be on my buy enough. low. Yeah, he's, 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 like, the numbers are really good, and his defense is fantastic. So, like, he's going to. Um, I drafted him because he's going to play every day. Sorry, I interrupted you. I drafted him because he's going to play every day. And, and had center field on lock, and then I got a little impatient. Yeah, and, and McCarthy seems to be turning around a little bit as well. I think he's been getting unlucky. Uh, so, like, I just don't know, unless Walker hits the IL, like, I don't know where, where Adam Smith plays. 
Um, that is the problem. Yeah, I did. I pick do really Franchi. like the underlying numbers on Smith, though. I mean, so, yeah, like, like there there is skill there, and if he found PT, mm-hmm. you got to be happy about that. I did get a good week out of Franchi, like the one week pickup, but I should have cut somebody else besides Alec Thomas. Oh, well. yeah. Oh, well, it's not like I need offense more than you could possibly understand, but okay. <laughs> Let's go to Houston and talk about their two guys that are playing well and getting attention. Corey Jolks and Mauricio Dubon. Dubon is leading off right now. Let's start with him, even though I said Jolks' name first. Dubon led off every game this week, played against everybody, including lefty, or excuse me, all, and there was all righties except for one lefty on Sunday. Uh, he's leading off again today on Monday. It's, he's riding a hot Babbitt right now, but it's playing time at the top of a solid order. Are you interested in Mauricio Dubon? He's not striking out at all, but he's not really doing any fantasy heat either, except the runs. Yeah, you're getting a lot of runs from him uh, and a little bit of batting average. The, the problem is, like, you know, like, this feels like prime Mike Matheny-type managing. And, like, I just want more from Dusty Baker and a smart organization in Houston. Like, why is Mauricio Dubon leading off and Kyle Tucker Instead hits? Of, thank you. Yeah, Kyle Tucker hits so low in the lineup. So, like, I, I want to be like, well, at some point they're going to, like, rectify. They haven't. They have not rectified this for years. This has now been an issue. Um, so, it, it probably he's probably going to continue to lead off. If you really, really need runs, I get it. Um, but like, I don't think Mauricio Dubon is good. Um, I think he's fine until Jose Altuve comes back. Yeah, I, I think that too. You're riding if you need the runs in the average, cool, but the, I don't think he lasts. He, he has amazing flexibility, so if he was giving any fantasy heat, it'd be a great pick. But I think he's a poor man's Taylor Walls, and you're already poor if you have Taylor Walls, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> what about uh, what about Corey Jolks? Um, interesting outfielder who has a little bit more fantasy. He, he has two homers, he doesn't have any steals, but he's 0 for 2. He 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 will run like that. There is running ability there that he is interested in. He's just been caught heinously ugly plate skills 32% K rate, and he finally got his first walk. He has a 2% walk rate, but it's a 327, 333, 491 line. Is Jolks doing anything for you while he's playing? Um, the underlying skills aren't bad. Except uh, for the he, walk, right? Yeah. Um, he. It's interesting because for a guy who does not walk, like he sure sees a lot of strikes. He's got like a 20% called strike rate, um, which is where this massive strikeout rate is coming from. Yeah, because his swinging um, strike rate isn't crazy for Jones. Yeah. So like it's, it's palatable. So like he, he's got it like the worst of like, profiles in terms of like hey i'm gonna be really patient when it's in the zone and not so patient when it's that like i i don't know like i i don't think he's very talented in general so he's 31 homers and 22 steals last year at triple a i wonder if there's an adjustment that you know somebody could give him to like dial up the aggression the aggressiveness in the zone to like unlock something I wonder if he's a step away from an unlock or not with Corey Jolks. I don't know. I'm speculating because of what you're saying here. Like, it seems like he's not that far off, right? If he's doing some things well, but some egregious things wrong. Yeah, I mean, he's hit the ball pretty hard. That's what I'm saying. So if they can tune it up to, like, swing more, dummy. 
Yeah, if the ball's in the zone. I mean, don't call him a dummy. That'd be rude. But like, like you know. if you're not if you're not gonna walk, at least just swing the fucking bat. Like, just, yeah, like, I mean, don't yeah, don't exactly. get called out. Like it um, on pitches in the zone. Yeah, don't get frozen. I, I think. I mean, he's a short time guy, anyways. Like as soon as they start getting healthy, William Brantley like, comes back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's and then Chaz crazy. will come back. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I do think Chaz McCormick plays over him. Brantley, mm-hmm. Altuve. So they got three big guys coming back, and that means the end for Dubon as well. By the way, just so we're yeah, clear exactly. on that too. Uh, so yeah, it, it, they're short term guys, but they were they were paid for short term. So I will say at least that I didn't see too many crazy jolks or Dubon bids. I thought they were all measured, at least the ones that I had seen. Um, and then the last hitter before we get into some shallow guys, uh, Oswald Peraza. Look, we talked about this earlier with regards to the Jose Suarez thing, with regards to how much do things change from where we did where we were in draft season a month ago to now. Last month. In draft season, I liked Peraza over Volpe. Now, obviously, there's a key difference to where he's not playing and leading off the way Volpe is. So there is a tangible fantasy difference there. But in terms of skills, I still do not see them terribly far apart. And Peraza started four of the last five games uh, during the during the week. He is not starting on Monday. I still think Peraza is a good player. I think he's an interesting pickup. I'm in. He wasn't available in my league, mm-hmm. or else I'd have, I'd have been going for him. For I, I picked him up last week in leagues. So, nice. like, yeah, I, he, I, he was, I think he was on our episode last week, too, but he was still mm-hmm. picked up a bunch this week. That's why I'm including him again. Yeah, I picked him up a bunch. Like, yeah, I know he's hitting 200 right now, but like the XBA, I, I want to say, is like 280 something. Um, so, um, double check that. Uh, if it'll actually show me as I stall for time. He's, he's got one to one on his three sixteen ratio. He, he's got a three sixteen XBA. Yeah. Um, yeah. Praza like, doesn't swing and miss. He's striking out and walking at a sixteen percent rate. Like he's making good contact in the zone. He he's playing right now, especially with Donaldson down or having mm-hmm. the the setback in in uh, in his rehab assignment. Like I think he's going to play pretty regularly. Like, I don't think there's a ton of fantasy juice necessarily. Like I don't think there's a ton of power or a ton of speed, but I think he can be some of all parts guy that's perfect for a 15 team league. Yeah, I do. I do think Peraz is perfect for 15 team for a 15 team league. I think there's a little bit more juice though. I, I think he can run. He had 30, 33 last year at AAA. So if the power doesn't yeah. necessarily come along uh, to a major degree and he's more of like a low double digits power, I do think there can be upper 20 steals on a on a, like a per 500 plate appearance pace though but i really like peraza if he's available i'm picking him up i think i'm picking him up in some 12s as well where i have a spot it kind of depends on your league setup it has to be a full roster with the uh and by full i mean the standard setup with the middle corner five outfielders i think he's more like a 515 or a 525 guy um only five homers yeah, he's got like a seventy-five percent ground ball rate right now. Like, and I know it's well, that's, super that's small sample, but like, yeah, the, la- the launch angle is negative at the moment. Like, also so, not great. Um, Hard to hit homers like that. And and we saw the launch angle only at five degrees last year in his call up. So okay, uh, I don't think there's going to be much power. But I think he's more of a you spray it and then steal when he gets on base, which is fine. Like, yeah. if he hits five to. 10 home runs and steals you 20 bases rest of the way. Like that's fine with a decent He'll average. Take that. He'll yeah. take that. And you know, we know the, the health concerns of Lemayhew. He goes down. That's a full-time mm-hmm. spot for Peraza. Mm-hmm. I mean, right there. health concerns of the majority of that team. Like, uh, absolutely. In there's I mean, ways to finagle R- it around. R- Rizzo to get, if Rizzo has a back issue, Lemayhew goes over to first. 
And yeah, now who knows if yep. and when Donaldson comes back, you know, Stan's already on the IL, uh, you know, so you, yeah, there's plenty of ways he can get into the lineup. Yeah, no, I, I think you're dead on there uh, with regards to Peraza and thus I'm in. All right. A uh, handful of showerly guys that were mostly rostered in deeper leagues. Harold Ramirez had a huge week. Um, what do you think of Harold Ramirez? Can he, is, are we having a breakout? Is this a breakout or a hot run from Harold Ramirez? He's at 373 with five homers. He's always hit for a pretty solid batting average, but this year he's got some pop with it. He hit six homers all of last year. So he and Yandy are really finding their pop. What do we think on Harold Ramirez? I want to know what the Rays were doing with this team to start getting some guys like Harold Ramirez and Yandy Diaz to raise their launch angle because that's what's happening here uh, for both Diaz and Harold Ramirez. Uh, I mean, Ramirez, it's not raising it a ton, but it's like about 14 degrees right now, which is up from like four or five degrees last year. Uh, I don't think he's got a ton. I mean, he's not Yandy Diaz. He doesn't have a ton of power, but like, this makes him playable in, even in 12 team leagues. I so, agree. Um, you know, especially because he's got such a good contact profile. And, you know, one of the things that we're seeing right now is that um, he's making just as much contact, if not more contact in the zone while raising it. So he's not sacrificing, he's not selling out for power. Harold Ramirez is, you know, just tweak that launch angle enough where it can unlock some power with his good contact. I like this. I, t- I totally agree with that. I don't really have anything to add. I'm picking him up um, in 12s for sure. I can see a world where you need where you need him in a 10 too. If, mm-hmm. if, if your injuries played out the way where you, you can't find anything, I'd go for Harold Ramirez. That team's on fire right now. I want any piece of that team that I can freaking get in Tampa Bay. And uh, you love about, those guys, again, infield, outfield eligibility. Right? Always, always outfield. so nice. So um, I do like that as well. Joey Gallo got a homer couple walks on his return. He's back. Do we care about Joey Gallo in shallow formats? A lot of people did this week. No, I don't. I, don't, I mean, he's still just going to continue to strike out a ton. Like, I it's, mean, it's Patrick Wisdom. You know, when he's yeah. on a heater, he's viable, but he should be he should be up and uh, on and off the wire in shallow formats all year. And I, maybe even in 15 teamers, I think Joey Gallo could feasibly be cycled around the league a little oh, bit. Oh, he, ab- he absolutely will be. I mean, all right, so right now he's got a 471 BABIP, and that equates to a 235 batting <laughs> average. Wait, no, no, no. He has a 471 ISO. Oh, it's a 188 BABIP. Oh, but oh if anybody God. could have a 471 BABIP <laughs> yield a 235 that. average, I, that's why I believed it. I believed my, I believed it, my exactly. Insight. And when oh. you said it, I didn't flinch. If I didn't yeah. have his page pulled up, I would have just said, okay fine but i mean you you look at what he's doing and he's you know he's still making 77 percent in its own contact which league for context the league average is around 84 85 percent so he's still way below but that is huge for him yes that's true but we got to give the dennis green he's a career two or 72 percent zone contact guy um i mean he is who he is yeah he's on a heater He's on a heater, and he's usable when he's on a heater. I like Mm -hmm. him. I root for Joey Gallo. I'm more of a uh, real-life fan of his than I am a fantasy fan of his. Alec Burleson making his way into the shallow format pickups right now because of all the good that he's been doing for St. Louis. 
and the PT that he's been drawing. Now, Newt Bar's back, and it didn't it didn't really put a damper on Burleson's PT. He played four of their five games from Monday through Saturday, so didn't play Wednesday or Sunday. One of them was against the lefties, so that one makes sense. So only missed one game against righties, and he's still batting second or third when he is playing. He's a pretty, uh, not, not full-time DH, but like a 70% time DH, how do we feel about that with Alec Burleson? You picking him up in shallower formats, couple homers, decent uh, slash line right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's anything special as a talent necessarily. Like, I, like I don't think That's there's mean. a ton of, I don't think there's a ton of power on the bat. I don't think there's a like a ton of speed in the profile. Yeah, but but Burleson is, um, I don't know, poor man's Andrew Benatendi, like like prime poor man's. So maybe he's Andrew Benatendi now. Um, <laughs> that, that, that'd be fair. So um, a guy who's going to hit 15-something homers and maybe steal 10 bases and do it with a wait, decent wait, you, batting you sure average? Wait, you sure he's even going to run? I don't think he's going to run that much. Oh, yeah, probably not. You know who I think Alec Burleson is? Like a reincarnation of uh, Alan Craig without Ooh. the positional. With, with, but well, doesn't well, play Alan position. Craig walks. I just meant with the overall output, oh, like, like yeah. a decent average Alan, Alan and a bit Craig's, of power. A lot of, a lot of Alan Craig's, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, got been. I years. love the wrench. Uh, Alan, yeah, Alan wrench. Craig, like he he put up some double digit walk rates, didn't he? Actually, no, seven percent, twenty percent. Maybe rate. maybe that's so maybe a it is good a comp. maybe yeah closer than I thought because when you said the walk thing, I agreed with that, but no, I think it is basically that except. The positional flexibility because Burleson's a yeah. DH, whereas Craig did kind of bounce around. Even had like second base eligibility in season one year, if I recall correctly. So that was crazy. Uh, some shallow league pitchers who are available. Man, Eduardo Rodriguez, what an outing for him, man. That was a fantastic run. We had two. Uh, was Smiley's a perfect game or no hitter? Uh, His it run. Was, it was. Were they both perfect? Perfect runs. Let me look up Smiley's I think, no I, I think we had two. Okay, maybe. Well, we had two no-hit, a no-hit slash perfect bid a couple days apart. Um, no, no walk. So it was a perfect game as well. So we had two. And that's that's where Gomes tackled him, right? Yes, yes. We had two perfect games into the seventh uh, or beyond this weekend, or this week, I should say, from a couple of interesting veteran lefties, both of whom uh, were available. In fact, there are next two names on the list with Smiley. Let's just jump him up here with Eduardo. Um, they're both rostered in in most of the deeper formats. So what do you think of Eduardo Rodriguez in shallower formats? Then we'll get to Smiley. I mean, I think you have to like be rostering Eduardo Rodriguez. I'm surprised right he was so available. Yeah. Um, He's been good this year. Yeah, I mean, he was a guy that I talked a lot about as like a you know end game you know pitching pickup. I I think we need to just wash away last year, like just like forget last year happened. He wasn't that bad in last year anyway. Well, no, but I, I mean, I think like you know he got hurt and then the whole thing happened with whatever is whatever possible. the off the yeah. field thing. Yeah, um, like just wash that away and pretend like it didn't happen. In if you do that, he was being drafted as like an SP2, SP3 coming in the last season that you were getting at the end of your draft in a 15-team league. Like, I think, yeah, I think he should be uh, – like, I don't think he's going to, like, jump back up to being an SP2 or 3 necessarily, but, like, an SP4 or 5, even a 10-team league, like, yeah, that's fine. Like, I, yeah. I like him a lot. I like Eduardo. He's dealing right now. 
He was excellent um, on Sunday. Command was on point. And uh, not going to have many wins with Detroit, of course, but hey, mm-hmm. you got to get the ratios and, and the quality. More wins there. than you will with uh, Mason Miller in. Uh, and, and Sears, yeah. And Sears in Oakland. in Oakland, so. What about Smiley with the Cubs? We know the story with him, right? He's usually rosterable while he's healthy and then just never stays healthy all year. Is, is anything different there? And this was just one of his good outings? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know that there's much that's uh, different. I think this I is full Dennis Green here. He just yeah. is. Like, he, he's good. He pitches well every year for a period. He always gets hurt and yeah. always ends up back on the wire because of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Griffin Canning, we did talk about talk about him last week in the um, deeper formats. Now he's making his way into the shallower formats because he has a start against Oakland this week. And then he goes to St. Louis the following week. Obviously, we love him for Oakland. What do you think about Canning in shallower formats? I think you co-signed the pickup last week in deeper yeah. leagues. So obviously this week we're, we're signing off on that against Oakland. Are you interested in him in shower formats at St. Louis next week for Canning? Probably not. Um, like there's just not Six, enough. 16% swing strike rate. Yeah. Not bad in New York. Five and a third, two runs, four strikeouts, is three it walks. Is in St. Louis or is it in? In St. Louis. That's a little bit more interesting. Bush Stadium's good place to pitch. They're a tough offense, but that, that offense is too scary for me. I think I'll I don't say this: think I'm rolling with that. At the very least, Canning is a team streamer for me in those formats. Yeah, I I'm think not so. going to cut him if I'm not going to use him next week. Mm-hmm. That's what, what day, I will say. What day is it on? It's on Tuesday. All right, so, so if he's he starts two Tuesdays in a row because of their six man. Oh, that's right, and then you get the Cubs following that. That's fine by me. At, yeah, I think I'm okay with that. And then potentially, uh, I can't see that far. Yeah, I I don't think I'm starting at St. Louis. I think that lineup's just too good. Um, I think I can. I think I want to watch it and see. And if he pitches well against the Cubs or against St. Louis, then I could go with Canning against the, the Cubs. You starting Canning at St. Louis in deeper formats, fifteens. Depends on my other options, but I think he. I think it's definitely in play. Yeah, I I, I I'm leaning yes. Assuming he doesn't implode against Oakland or something. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'm a little bit closer on the 12s than you, but I do think it would depend on team because then 12 teamers, yeah. you're going to have deeper list. And so he might just not make it because of the mm-hmm. way the list breaks down. But I'm not 100% out on Griffin Canning. Uh, Matt Strom talked about him last week as well in the deeper formats. He's now making his way into the shallower leagues. How are we feeling though? Because I, I still like. There's good and bad. 38% K rate is amazing. Mm-hmm. 15% swinging strike rate, backing it up. 3 ERA, 094. I get why he's picked up. I guess, you know, if you're streaming, that's fine, right? Because I'll go back to, I don't want to contradict what I said earlier. I'm not going to complain that he might not be around all year after I just had did that whole thing about getting too focused on guys um, by saying, oh, they're not going to be in all year. Who cares? For the here and now, I think Strom is viable. He gets Seattle this week, but then a trip to the Dodgers. How do you feel about those two starts for Strom in shallower formats? Yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> either of them? <laughs> no, I don't think I want to do either. I mean, I, I could do the Seattle start at home with these with these skills. He can handle Seattle, right? I'd feel better if it was in Seattle. True, that part, uh, Safeco or what? T-Mobile? What the fuck? I don't know. Uh, yeah, T-Mobile, whatever. T-Mobile is better than uh, Philly because Philly's a tough yeah, part. But uh, I, I mean, you still got. Kelnick is 
great. J Rod's getting going, and you just I, want I to bring know. up Kelnick. Kelnick is amazing. He's on He's fire, amazing. dude. It's hot. I text you every time. Mm-hmm. Every time he pops off, I'm like, bro, he did. It I, I, I hope you text me 30 more times, bro. And I do too. And like I said, I'll wear the album saying it. I, I don't care. I, I'm not trying to like avoid the L or whatever. Like you can bring up the clips where I said, nah, I'm not in. I don't mind. I'll eat the L. I do still root for him because you dig further in the archives and I'm just as high on him as you are. Mm-hmm. I did quit him. I will own that. But I'm in for this resurgence if it, if it sticks. I'm I'm praying for Kelnick. I will gladly eat the crow for that one. Uh, Bailey Ober, I talked about him earlier as somebody that I like as a 15-team stash. Can you stash him in 12s right now? He had a great spot start, but it is just that right now. There is no room at the end, but we know Bailey Ober can be good. We've seen him be good in the majors. Is pitching in a state right now where you'd you rather have him as a 12 stash than some other guys who are up in the majors and, and mediocre? I think it's so hard to stash in a 12, especially because you I just agree. don't know when he's going to be back. I, If Maeda makes his start, and makes it through his start against the Yankees on Wednesday, then I think you can cut him. Um, okay. But I think Maeda seems to me to be the one that like is on the shakiest of ground here. And Minnesota is in a dogfight, like, and they're not tied to Maeda after this year. So like, if Maeda struggles, like he could get a you know a real IL stint or a yeah. fake IL stint, or he can go to the on, bullpen. He's been sent him. to the bullpen five hundred mm-hmm. times in his career. It was all by the by the Dodgers, but like. I don't think – I love my Ed. I'm rooting for him, but he's coming Especially off the TJ. It, his contract, isn't it, like, all based on, like – Does it still have that he, stuff? I, I feel I, like it does. I don't I know. I think I'll it might it still be that same contract with Maeda. So I like Ober as a hold if you can, but it is a luxury hold right now in 12s. 15s, I'm fully on board. I'm doing it myself, as I mentioned. But in 12s, I think there's probably going to be something better for that roster spot, depending on your league setup and everything, too. So let, let your league dictate that a little bit more. We're giving a bit more general advice here um did you find my Maeda contract before um, i look at it it looks like yeah it, he get he gets a bonus for innings pitched okay um and so a yeah. bonus yeah and a bonus for game started there you um, go so like minnesota's cheap it might actually make sense for them to they might like, they if might you're not just... pitching well you're going to the bullpen and then we can and save a whole bunch of money like you said though they need to win as well though so like they also it wouldn't just be to save the money it'd be yeah that would be a oh bonus, yeah i mean i think i, th- I think it, i think if he was pitching like a stud they just keep him there and of be course like, okay we're getting our money's worth but if not Bingo. then yeah um adam Adovino got two saves in the dodgers series at the beginning of the week he has saves in three of his last four appearances dating back to april 12th so he was a hot pickup in shallower formats what do you think about Avino in that mets bullpen I've been holding on to out of, you know, in, in a lot of leagues. So um, I'm hoping that that patience is going to pay out. Uh, I mean, I think he, he's still kind of one B to Robertson, but I mean, Robertson's health track record isn't great. And he's a hundred. Yeah. Um, and if he were to struggle, like they could easily just go to out of, you know, so I think he should be rostered in just about any place where you have a handcuff. I think, um, they in, both in, have four saves, by the way. So it might be a one one A, one yeah. B situation, not even an A B. Like even tighter than oh no, excuse me. Three saves for Adovino, four for Robertson. But that's that's close. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. close. So yeah, I do think Adovino is rosterable when you're specking for saves. What about Jose Quiata? Um he got a couple saves this week, did have a, a pretty decent implosion against KC as well, though. Are we in on Quijada Estevez? You know, he's a guy I was bought in on coming into the year. He has certainly not 
taken hold of that job and said, this is mine. Uh, it's been very shaky. 14% walk rate. He didn't even do that shit in Colorado. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what the hell his deal is. Um, he has a 180 ERA, but it's a 140 whip. Those two numbers cannot go together. And if you have a 140 whip, the ERA is going way up. So Quijada has a 519 ERA, but an 092 whip. So they both have some interesting stuff going on. I would rather the guy with the 092 whip, though, than the 140. Mm -hmm. So we yeah, have Kihata for the Angels. I mean, I picked up Kihata in a few leagues last week uh, and, and and tried to pick him up in a couple of leagues this week, but got outbid. Um, I, feel like this, I feel like this Los Angeles bullpen isn't that much different than the other Los last Angeles year. bullpen, oh. except for the talent isn't anywhere close to being the same uh, overall so, but in terms of the uncertainty you're saying yeah i think this is a hot potato that if the angels are competing um then a chapman or whoever will be traded for uh at the deadline uh but right now your guess is as good as mine this is yeah. probably a, uh it's matchups because kiata's uh, a lefty we yeah. should point out yeah yeah i think it's 60 40 split with kiata being on the shorter side because he's a lefty could be some saves this week. Obviously, they're they're playing Oakland. We've mentioned that a few different times with the Suarez and Canning mm -hmm. starts. So could be some good opportunities or no save opportunity because they win by nine. So or Matt Moore becomes the fucking closer. Oh, yeah, who, who like even knows game. right now what's going on there mm -hmm. uh, with with the Angels? But I understand the Kiata pickups, and I totally get it. All right, there there they are. There's the week five key pickups. Um, some interesting names. Obviously, no, no blockbusters outside of potentially Miller. But also, I want to I want to put my flag on Lucchese again. I really do think if he stays healthy, there can really be something there. I'm very interested in him. And then um, Harold Ramirez in those shallow leagues could be a lot of fun too. Yeah. All right, Justin. We'll be back. We'll do our two starts on uh, Friday and everything. I'll have something in the middle of the week. I don't know if it'll be solo again or I might just do hitters, uh, prospect hitters that to, you know, go with my prospect pitchers one or I'll find a guest, but I'm going to start lining up some midweek guests. So yeah. And I'm going to start lining up some Sunday guests, uh, especially for when Jason can't be there. He and I will definitely record on Sunday, but uh, I definitely going to start lining up some guests as well. Perfect. So then we'll, we'll, we'll get, we're in our flow here, right? It's, it's the 24th. We're about, about a month in here. I think we're both in our groove right now. You're going to start getting the pods all consistently. Our, both of us, I have our chats. You're on Monday afternoon. I'm on Wednesday mm -hmm. afternoons. Got the articles coming out. Got the Roto write-up. Got the uh, daily SP chart. We're, we're in our groove here and it's going well. I did gain nine points in the main event. Now. Mm, I lost like nine points in the main event. I took that. I'm not worried. Yeah. Um, it moved me up to 10 points total, um, but hey, not bad. <laughs> no, it moved me up to 46. Oh, it's 11 after yesterday. Add two more to the ledger. So 11 points. I'm, I'm being tongue-in-cheek, but hey, it's nice. I tell you what, it's the hitting now, though. 14-32 is my split. So as much as I bitched and moaned about my pitching, it's actually the hitting that's really killing me. So maybe I should have been more aggro on uh, on Sawinski or Connor Joe or Taylor mm -hmm. Walls. But I don't really think that they're saving my team. You know what's going to end up killing me is Alec Thomas being cut. When he goes 15-25 this year, I'll be like, that was the key to my offense. Yeah, I lost 14 and a half points last week. Oof. Um, That's, that, those are the kind of moves that we're on, though. There's a team in my league that gained 19, uh, Bob Cramatola. Yeah. Uh, another, Posma gained 13 and a half. Yeah, uh, someone team, in my main event gained 20. Um, yeah, we had a team lose nine. We had a team lose 10 and a half. So we're in that zone right wait, now. I, two, 
two teams lost 24 points by minute man. like it's like it's, that's it's, where we're at right now so i'm, I'm just I'm glad not super worried yeah i'm just glad to not be in last and uh scott jenstead said a great quote on on their pod yesterday it's April. This was yesterday, so it was April twenty third. He goes, "It's April twenty third. I don't believe in a bad team yet, and I totally yeah. agree with that. As shitty mm-hmm. as my team is playing, as much as I've griped about it, I've said a million times that's just my coping mechanism. I haven't lessened my effort an ounce as far as caring about the team and putting in all my, you know, all my work because I don't think I'm out of anything yet. As bad as it is, this is still just a shit few weeks, which I could have easily gotten in June, and so." The bottom line there is keep your chin up. If you're giving up on a team yet, you're giving up way too early. I don't care what's happened. I, you can reel off all the injuries you've gotten. If you're giving up on a team yet, you're giving up too early. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you really should not give up on a team until, I mean, you should never give up on a team. Let's just let's yeah. leave it at that. I mean, but like if until the all-star break, like don't, don't even, like you can start worrying about stuff around Memorial Day, but like, just play it out because so many people give up so many people give up yes you know and just i mean just remember like i got a question my my chat today like is there anybody you're extremely worried about and i i said not really like i mean unless there is like oh you're not worried about max fantasy no i'm not sorry i'm just bringing that up because you got that in your chat two weeks ago people got who like who asked me if they should drop Max Muncy? he's hit like 80 home runs in the last it was after nine games yeah, like, like you, the guys on the back half of your roster, if they're struggling, you can drop them, right? Like you, you, you took them in the back yeah. half of your roster for a reason. Your back third, um, yeah, back third, I mean, back half, depending on yeah, depending on depth of your league and stuff like yeah. that. But like, um, everybody else, like, just don't like. I got quite like, is, is Manny Machado ever gonna like turn it? Around? Like he's Manny Machado, of course, he's gonna be fine. Like you know, but like, but he, even go a deeper than that, like. Um, like uh, who's like an eighth round pick that sucks right now. There's no universe where I'm cutting somebody like that. I don't yeah. care if they're hitting my weight right now. Let me pull up a, a sheet here. See if I can find somebody who's struggling. Isn't Stephen Kwan struggling or my. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I got that question today. Is Stephen Kwan just not like, do I mean, I know he started off like super hot last year where he had like that amazing, like hitting, but then he went in the it. tank, but then he went in the tank and you, and you look at the underlying numbers, he's got a 97% zone contact. Like, like, dude, you thought he was fine. worth drafting there. Yeah. There is no way that you should be off of me as a 269 Babbitt. He's in the eighth round, so it's perfect for what I'm saying here. Mm-hmm. An eighth round, ninth round guy. I don't care what they're doing right now. I'm not yeah. cutting them. There is no world. And I wasn't even a Quan guy. And if somebody cut him, I would pay a yeah. shit ton of my money to pick him up. So keep your chin up. Not too many people are still listening, but the, the diehards are don't quit. We'll yeah. talk to you on Friday. Take it easy.